Today, Doc and I go balls deep into a fantasy basketball mailbag, answering your questions from Twitter and from our Discord server. Let's play. Welcome to another episode of the Balls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International. FBIBasketball.com is the website, at Adam King on 91 on Twitter is where you will find me. I will bring in my host, Dr. A, at Doctora on Twitter. Doc, welcome back to the show. Um, a rough weekend for you with fantasy sports and 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 betting and such. Sports in general. It's... It's been a weird, weird weekend, Kingy. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, had a tough, had a tough fantasy football weekend. Had a tough gambling weekend. Uh, some of that was tied into Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I was all in on HBO Hard Knocks, and Rodgers was so fun in that. And I, I've never been a Rodgers guy. And I know we're talking American football right now, which you don't really probably care about. It's all right. <laughs> uh, he was so fun on Hard Knocks. I drafted him on my fancy teams. I was like, could not wait to sit down and watch that game last night. He lasted four plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably career-ending Achilles injury uh, right off the bat. The Jets still won. But that didn't help me with my 265 and a half uh, Aaron Rodgers passing yards. Um, real golf had a big tournament on Saturday. Just had my worst round of the year. Just I was too amped up for it. I was trying too hard. I'm sitting here. I've got the MTV Music Awards on. You know, in 1984, that was the greatest thing I had ever seen in. 2023 i don't know who any of these people are i don't understand what's going on uh yeah i'm just uh i'm just a mess right now but nba is right around the corner it is very close uh so we got that going for us we do fantasy season is we're probably about to start transitioning into some real drafts happening um, probably in the next week to two weeks, some of the content is starting to amp up across the industry. Um, so it's good. Uh, World Cup is finished. So pre-season sort of training camp is probably next uh, on the agenda. I don't know exactly when when that starts. Um, but, but yeah, it is certainly getting closer. So I thought, uh, I think someone commented, can't think if it was uh, Twitter or, or Discord, it was somewhere that we should do a mailbag and, we did do a mailbag, uh, but it was a couple of months ago, potentially. So I thought we'd do another one, um, just see what people are, are asking. I sent you through a few questions, which I have queued up here to go. Um, probably going to be a quick one, but we'll, we'll fire through these questions and see how we go. First question is, what do you think of JSJ, who I'm, I'm assuming that is Jabari Smith Jr. this year? Can he have a breakout season or likely to give the same stats like uh, as last year? He was someone I probably was a little higher on last season or at least as high as others, and it came back to bite me because he, he wasn't very good. Um, what are your hopes for him this season? Are, are, we, are we drafting him? Do we think he can be top 100? I'm not, I mean, we're, we're so early in his career. Like I'm not really scared about Jabari Smith Jr. yet. And the fact that uh, this viewer called him JSJ, like you, I'm like, I'm assuming this Jabari Smith Jr. But I had to think about it for a second. Um, Is that who that is? I'm not really sure. He plays for what I think is the strangest team in the National Basketball Association, the Houston Rockets, right? Now we have Fred Van Vliet, 
going to run the show. Kevin Porter Jr. is now involved in some domestic violence yep. stuff, which is going to derail his career, probably if not for a year, forever. Um, but in a sad way, that clears things up here. Like, I don't, we don't need to worry about Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, competing with Fred Fred Van Vliet for minutes now. So Fred's going to run the show. Fred is a savvy veteran point guard who put up really good numbers in Toronto last year. He's put up good numbers for the last five years. Like Fred's good to go in Houston. And then you have Jalen Green, one of the most promising up-and-coming shooting guards. You have Jabari Smith Jr., who we're talking about, um, who's Really only challenged by Tari Eason. Um, I think Jabari Smith Jr. has a big bounce back season because this is Fred Van Vliet and the kids. It's Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, and Alperin Shangoon with a little dash of Dylan Brooks thrown in just to make things interesting. Uh, what a wild thing we've got going on in Houston. I I still don't understand how Dylan Brooks fits in with one of the most promising young teams in the league, but it's where we are. Uh, I, I think Jabari Smith is going to have a bounce back year. I think you can get him late in your draft and I think he's going to, I think he's going to put up good numbers. Yeah. I think for, for me, he's sort of going to do this year what I thought he was going to do last year. Yeah. Um, He's his ADPs. Just having a look, his ADP are around that ninety to hundred mark at the moment. Um, that feels about right for me. I think he's there's a chance that he plays a little bit of centre uh, if they opt to go down that path of, of trying to get Tari Eason some minutes at the power forward spot, um, which could allow Jabari Smith to shift up in the rotation a bit, which helps his block numbers. So, yeah, look, for me, I, th I think he's going to have a good season. I think you can get him in the back end of drafts after around pick 100. And, and I think his floor is probably going to be safe enough because I don't think he can really shoot worse than he did last season. So, yeah, I, I like him as a, as a late-round uh, target this season. And I think we do have – I'm just scrolling through. I don't know if I put it. Ah, uh, yes, I did. So we'll come to that later. Um, actually, even, let's do it now. even with a with a really what we looked at as a bad season. He shot forty one percent. That's not yep. good. I think it's going to be better this year. He played in seventy nine games. That's very promising. Um, he shot seventy nine percent from the line. I'm good with that. Mm -hmm. Thirteen points, seven boards, a block, and a half steal. Uh, he can only go up. Like I, I, I have confidence. I, I think he's going to be a late, a late round steal actually in drafts this year. He could be, yeah. And and like you said, his other numbers there are pretty good. A block, half a steal, um, seven and a half to eight rebounds. You take his percentage up to even forty three or forty four. Probably a slight increase in threes made, and his points go up to sixteen or seventeen. So, um, and they they took him with the third pick in the draft, like. Yeah. They are not ready to throw in the towel on Jabari Smith. Like they're, they're going to be like, "Hey, man, we spent third round pick on you. You've got to show out this year." I, I think he's going to. So I thought I'd stay. I skipped ahead um, here for anyone watching. Jumped over the the question I had up just because I think we're we're talking about the Rockets. So if Kevin Porter Jr. is waived or wh whatever happens with him, I. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to comment on what he did. It's pretty well publicised what what he did and what the outcome of what he did was. It's so it it rings Miles Bridges that look a lot very similar to what happened last year with Miles Bridges. Um, of course, we know that he he's coming back this season, so not sure exactly what's going to happen. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if the Rockets do offload him as soon as they can. Just also given his history, because this isn't his first indiscretion, so. If and when he's waived or let go, who are we looking at as the the player that benefits the most? The person who who posted this question to us is hoping that it's Tari Eason. Do you think it's Tari Eason, or do you think it's uh, it's a guard, like a guard, someone like a um, a Men Thompson? 
Yeah, I think I think it's Amon Thompson and Tarisen. It's both of those guys. Uh, it solidifies Fred Van Vliet as the leader in the the steam engine that's going to drive this train. Um, and then Amen Thompson and Tar Eason both are going to see a boost. And and again, I don't really understand how Dylan Brooks works into this equation, but. If Dylan Brooks wasn't there, I think Tari Eason would be ready to break out this year. I think all Dylan Brooks is going to do is hold him back. Uh, same with Amen Thompson. So I like both those guys. I don't think you should reach for them. I don't think, like, I think last year we looked at Tari Eason as a sleeper that you sort of, a hot sleeper that you had to go reach for. I don't think that's the case. But I think getting Eason and Amen Thompson near the end of your draft are good moves. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be both those guys. Um, that was sort of the question with Amen Thompson was where did he, where were his minutes going to come from with Kevin Porter sort of soaking up backup minutes at both guard spots. But if he's gone, um, then Amen Thompson just shifts straight into that probably first guard off the bench. Uh, and it does then give them some flexibility to play Tari uh, at the three a little bit and and play Dylan Brooks at the two or, um, yeah, basically just takes out one of the mouths that they had to feed, um, depending on if they pick someone else up, of course. But but I like both of those guys. And I, I really like Tari Eason a lot. And I like mm-hmm. Amen Thompson a lot. Like, there's, a, there's good things here. And I, I don't think, even with Fred Van Vliet driving this train, Houston's not going to be very good. Like, Shangun's going to no. go off. Jabari Smith's probably going to have a bounce-back year and, and take a big step. Dylan Brooks is going to annoy everybody he comes into contact with. Uh, Jalen Green has so much game and so much potential. Like, there's a lot of good things that could happen in Houston, but they're not going to be good enough that they're not going to play Amen Thompson and Tari Eason. So, I think there's... Like they remind me of the Western version of the Washington Wizards. Like a lot of young guys on this team who can play. And I, I think uh Thompson and Easton are both gonna be kind of fun guys to draft late. Yeah, I think they're both probably in line for twenty five minutes a night now at least. So um it's definitely gonna be given a chance. Would you rather keep I suppose if we're, this might be a dynasty question or a keeper league. This is a um, king question. It is. Who would you rather keep, Ant or Lamelo? Um, I, I think I'd go Lamelo personally. Um, I just think he does a bit more at the moment. He's a little bit, little bit more proven. Although I mean, he ha- has had that injury last season. Although I'm not too worried about that. Um, I just think he's probably got a little bit more upside than Ant. I, I think Ant can be a top 15. I know he's going around the turn this season, a lot of drafts, 12 to 15. I think that's probably ceiling where I think the Mellow can be probably top 10, top eight. Um, at the moment, at least, it could be could be different in three, four years, but that's that's the risk you take. Would you have a preference here if you were in a league where you had to pick one of these two as a as a keeper? Would Would you say you think Ant's uh, ceiling is right now? I think his ceiling is probably sort of where he's being drafted, like top fifteen. Um, fifteen, yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas I think Lamelo is probably can be a first rounder. I mean, I said two years ago I thought Lamelo could average a triple double, and I'm not sure I've really changed my thoughts on that stance i'm with you uh lamello is swing for the fences super bowl type of guy and is solid top 20 you know what you're gonna get he he's kind of a stud like we talked about last week uh but lamello has the potential to be a game changer and a, a league winner um, in fantasy. So I'm, I'm keeping LaMelo. I mean, it comes down to 
Lamelo's injury history. Like, mm. can he stay healthy? His brother is going to miss an. I mean, he's, he's missed a lot of time with a knee injury. Uh, Lonzo, Lonzo Ball. Um, so we don't know if Lamelo is going to be able to be, stay healthy or not. But if Lamelo can stay healthy, and now he's got another weapon back in uh, Miles Bridges, uh, the the sky's the limit for Lamelo. I'm I'm kind of all in on Lamelo here. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I, I, I like Labello. Um, move on to the next. So this is just a simple sort of ranking one, and obviously this is a little bit dependent on the league and the, the settings and, and all sorts of things. But broadly speaking, uh, how would you rank Mark Williams, Jalen Duran, Onyeka Okongwu, Robert Williams, and Zach Collins? Um, in a, I guess we'll look at it as a standard standard settings. Um I think for me, I'd probably have. I think I'd have I'd have Zach Collins last. Although I do like Zach Collins, I, I just think he he probably has the lowest upside of those five. Uh, I'd probably have Robert Williams second to last because of his injuries. He's probably only going to play twenty four minutes a night um, per minute. I think he possibly has the highest upside, but I just don't think he plays enough. So for me, it's it's ranking those top three. I'd probably have Okongwu and Williams ahead of Duran. Uh, and I'd first, I don't know, I like Okongwu, so I might go Okongwu slightly over Mark Williams, although Mark Williams is going to play 30, 32 minutes a night. So I'd probably go Okongwu, Williams, Duran, Rob Williams, Zach Collins. Uh, your thoughts? Well, uh Two or three years ago, Matt Straub and I had Adam Schefter on our podcast. And we, the three of us, could not stop talking about the Time Lord, Robert Williams, Mm -hmm. and what a monster he was going to be in the NBA, in fantasy, for the Celtics, all that. Uh, Injuries, as you said, have totally derailed that game plan. And it makes me sad because I loved being all in on the Time Lord. So I think Time Lord is, based on the injuries and his inability to stay on the floor, I think he's towards the back of the pack, along with uh, Jalen Duran for me. Uh, I do love Mark Williams and his upside. I do love Kongwu and his upside. And I'm kind of more of a Zach Collins fan than you are. I think Wimby is going to start power forward. I think Zach Collins is kind of going to be the anchor for the Spurs team that plays center every every single night. Um, I kind of think Zach Collins is a fun sleeper for this coming season. And I, I think people are not going to be thinking that. And I, I think you can get Zach Collins for a song, and he's going he's gonna to be really good. Um, I'm going to go... Mark Williams and Okongwu is 1A and 1B. Zach Collins as 2. And then Time Lord and Duran uh, kind of following up the rear. Yeah, I I agree on Zach Collins. I, I think he is going to play more than, than people think. I think by the time draft season comes around, he'll people will, be, will have caught up a little bit. But um, at the moment, his ADP is down around 140 in Yahoo. Uh, I think if you can get him at 140... He could easily be top 100 this season. So really nice target late. Um, What one do I want to do next? Let's do this one. So this, again, is just a pretty general one. Who to target for late round assists? So uh, if you're at that point in the draft, uh, I guess late round, we're looking at probably round 10, 11, 12, um, 13, who are, who are some players that you could target or who might be available? Um, a few names come to mind for me. Uh, Scoot Henderson is one. If if he's available um, at the back end, I think I think he could be a good source of assists this season, uh, up around seven even. Um, who, Spencer who did Dinwiddie. You say? Pardon? Who, who did Scoot, you say? I missed it. Scoot Henderson. Um, okay. 
at the back end. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is another one. Um, he's probably available towards the back end. I, I don't know what his ADP is, but he's he's probably he'll he'll go off the board before Scoot Henderson, I think. Um, oh, look, I mean, depending on how we determine late round, Chris Paul is floating around at ninety in in a lot of drafts. Um, I think we did hear that. I don't know if it came from him or it came from from one of the Warriors uh, beat reporters that Chris Paul is expecting to start this year, um, which I think many of us were under the impression he would come off the bench. So I guess they're going to start Clay Thompson at at the three, Wiggins at the four, um, Draymond Green at the five, or Kevon Looney at the at the five. I'm not sure what they're going to do, but uh, Chris Paul is another one. Um, Who's available? Any names sort of on the top of your list that that you could target? Well, let's just start off with Chris Paul. All right. He's 38 years old. Had a down season with Phoenix last year. Now he's in Golden State. Steph Curry is not going to suddenly stop being a point guard. Like, I think this pairing of Chris Paul with Steph Curry – at least now, does not make a lot of sense to me. And I have zero faith in Chris Paul. But then again, I'm down on Chris Paul every single year. So this is nothing new for me. Um, I'm more interested in drafting the Luca 2 shoe than I am Chris Paul this season. Uh, I've got to get myself a pair of Luca 2s. I don't need Chris Paul. Um, the guys I'm excited about, uh, for late round assists are the Jones boys, Tyus and Trey. And then Dennis Schroeder. Mm-hmm. I think you may have talked me into this, King. Um, Dennis Schroeder is going to be running the show in Toronto from everything I can tell. And Fred Van Vliet's gone, as we've talked about. Um, I think Dennis Schroeder is a very late-round sneaky source of assists, points, threes, steals, all of it. Um, and then I love Tyus Jones in Washington with, you know, addition to Jordan Poole. And I, I like Trey Jones throwing at the Wembenyama. So those are my big three. Like, I may not even draft a point guard until the end of the draft. I may just go Jones, Jones, uh uh, Schroeder and be done with it. Yep. So I think that they're all certainly good options. Uh, the Thompson twins, um, Amanda Nassar will be available. As we've said, Amanda Thompson is probably going to get a bump now with Kevin Porter Jr. likely gone. Uh, so there are some options. Assists, as we know, they, they are hard to get as you get late into drafts and, and throughout the season. They're, they're one of the, they're, they're sort of not an easy category to stream in. Um, but it is possible. There are a few guys there. Uh, Dennis Schroeder is coming off an MVP performance in the World Cup. Um, I don't know if that's going to have any sort of impact on on his perceived value this season. Um, but as you said, I think he starts. I think he plays 30 minutes, 15 points, six assists, couple of threes. Um, well, Adam, Adam the, the thing about that is most people who play fantasy hoops we're probably not dialed into what happened um, with Dennis Schroeder in the, you know, the, the tournament that just happened. Like people were not like those games are on at three or four in the morning. There was very little hype about it on sports center or any, anywhere else. Like people aren't paying attention to that stuff. And I think it's important because we saw Laurie Markin and do the same thing last year. Uh, in FIBA yeah. over the summer, like he went crazy and everybody was like, Oh, you know, it's just FIBA. It's no big deal. And then he did it again, the preseason and he, then he did it again in training camp. And then he did it at the start of the season. And he carried it all the way through. So <clears throat> I think do not sleep on Dennis Schroeder. You can get him late, but I think he's going to have a big year. Yeah, I thought there were a few standout performances. I mean, we we probably watched a little more of the World Cup here because the games were on at 6 o'clock in the evening, 9 o'clock in the evening. So they were basically prime time for us. Um, and 
I thought uh, Franz Wagner was really good. I think he's going to be in for a good year this year in Orlando. Um, I thought Josh Giddy looked really good as well. So, so there are some takeaways, but it is a very different game, FIBA, when you compare it to the NBA. Uh, so I'll get rid of that one. Let's go. Hmm. I'm going to do this one, and I think I, I had to sort of decipher this one a little bit. But I think basically what it's saying, so the question is, would it be frowned? Oh, no, sorry, it's not this one. It's it's a, another one. This one is easy. Would it be frowned upon if by you if the ninth category in a head-to-head nine-cat league was double-doubles instead of turnovers? Do you have any thoughts on that? I am not a fan of turnovers. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of having a league set up with a scoring system that rewards all the positive things your team does and then takes away because your superstar turns the ball over. Like if you want to put double doubles in your nine cat league instead of turnovers, I'm all for it. I I think that's a great idea. Um, I think it changes draft strategies. I think it doesn't change that much with your superstars because no one is going to look at drafting Luka Doncic uh, and say, Oh man, he turns the ball over a lot. So I'm not going to draft him. Like I just don't think it comes into play because any Hmm. superstar you pick for the most part is going to turn the ball over a lot. And this just negates all that. Like I'd much rather see double, double doubles or, free throws made or anything that doesn't take away from really good players yeah, for having one deficit uh, mess up their fantasy value. So, yeah, I, I like that idea. Yeah, look, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the double-double category, but I, I hate turnovers more. So I think replacing it with anything is, is viable. Um, there, there are options. There's no perfect answer. Um you could split rebounds uh, into offensive and defensive. You could go two point, three point percentage. Um, I know in in one of my leagues we've uh, we got rid of turnovers, field goal percentage, and free throw percentage, and just put in effective field goal percentage or true shooting percentage um, as the seventh category. So that's an option. Um, so yeah, look, I'm not I'm not against it. Uh, it, it's. I have done a league with double doubles, and it uh, it certainly does change draft strategy because there are guys that they they get a massive bump, like someone like a Mark Williams this year, Jalen Duran, these guys that could get twelve and eleven every night, where they might be a top eighty player, top ninety player. If you have double doubles, there aren't many guys in the league that can average a double-double or, or get close to it, so they actually move up quite significantly in your ranks. So be aware that if you are adding it, you you need to adjust your strategy a little bit. Um, this was the other question, actually, that, that I was referring to. Is it generally better to play, to better format to play head-to-head nine-cat leagues and get points per matchup win or per category win. And so for me, this is, are you doing it? Is it points? Is it per category or per win? So do you get a point? If you win 6-3, you get six points. Or if you win 6-3, you get one point for winning the matchup. Have you done, have you been in a league with like both of those? Because I've, I think I've only been in one or two leagues where it's most categories, where it doesn't matter what you win by, you just get a point. Most of the leagues that I'm in are it's per category. So if you win seven two, you get seven points. If you win five four, you get five points. What have you been in? Yeah, I mean, most of the leagues I've been in are the same. Like if you win, yeah, if you win the assist category, you get a point. Um, yeah. So I I've I've played in both, and I don't recall there being a huge difference between either one. I'm not sure it matters that much. Um, I think it comes down to personal preference. Like if you're, if you're starting a league and you want to run it um, where you get points per matchup instead of per category, 
that's fine. Um, but my my experience in 30 years is that it doesn't really matter. The, the best team is still going to win either way. Yeah, I think for me, again, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't make a huge difference. For me, one difference might be in terms of punting. So if you're playing per category, so if you win 7-2, you get 7. You're obviously going to be higher up the standings the more categories you can win each week. If you're punting two or three categories, you probably are limiting yourself to only – you're never really going to win 8-1 if you're punting a few categories. So in that setting – Maybe you don't want to punt as many. You might only want to punt one or two. If it's per matchup and it doesn't matter what you win by, you only need to win five categories. So go hard punt on three categories because it doesn't matter at all whether you're winning by two categories or by four. Um, that would probably be the only thing I would say. But yeah, in terms of a Adam, you're I'd... kind of a you're kind of a punning kind of guy, right? Yeah, yeah. you like you you enjoy punning. Uh, I do. I regularly punt four categories. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so I mean, I think I think that is that's the key to this question. Like, if you're gonna punt and you're gonna count total points lost, like you can't really punt as much in that category in that uh, setup as you would in the other one. Yeah, no, that, that is the risk um, that with punting, and, and this is, I'm usually okay with it, but it's it's pretty rare if you're, punt, if you're hard punting, so if you're punting three or four categories in a league where you get points per category, it's pretty hard to finish top of the standings. I usually finish fourth, fifth, sixth, um, but then come the playoffs, it doesn't matter because you just need to win the matchup. So you do have to adjust your thinking a little bit there. Don't don't expect to be able to punt multiple categories and finish on top of your standings because you you're just not going to win weeks seven two eight one. Whereas there will be some teams that will win. They might win three weeks in a row eight one. You're only winning five four. So you know, Adam, I think one of the most frustrating things throughout my thirty year career in this industry is. Well, I haven't been in the industry for 30. I've been in the industry for probably 25, but I've been playing fantasy basketball for 30 years. And the most frustrating thing for me is the number of different scoring categories and scoring formats mm. and scoring uh, league managers that there are. Like in football, there's like two different ones, right? There's – yeah. Six points for a touchdown or four points for a passing touchdown. There's PPR, there's non-PPR. But it's basically all the same system. But in basketball, there's points, there's roto, there's there's so many different ways that people run their leagues and score. Like, it's hard for analysts like us to try to put people, put players into a category mm-hmm. when – so many leagues are so different and I kind of wish that somebody would have come along. I I mean, I guess I could have done it like 20 years ago and said, Hey, this is the way we're going to play fantasy basketball. We're going to use these categories. We're going to use this scoring system and this is it, but nobody really did that. And now I, you have like every question we get from almost every person is different. And now Yahoo's system is, what five category points and then leagues I play in are points with eight categories. And a lot of people play Yahoo nine cat and ESPN's different. Like it, it, there's just not one standard scoring system. So you also have to take all analyst takes with a grain of salt because mm. they're basing it on their own personal experience which may be completely different than what your league scoring system is set up for. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it, it is really hard. I mean, there there is there are majorities, so nine cat tends to be the majority, but it's not everyone, as you said. There, there are so many formats and scoring systems and so many options as well, um, so many different 
categories that you can choose from. I mean, if you go into Fantrax or or Yahoo and you look at the the categories you can choose from to base or, or to add into your league, there's there's about thirty or forty, um, most of which are never used or rarely used, but they're there. And we don't know when we get a question if if this league has triple doubles as a category um, or has three-pointers attempted or free throws missed. We just never know. So it does make it tricky. Um, I'm going to go with this one. Uh, did I actually, let me just make sure that I sent this because I did get a couple late. Yes, I did. Very good. So I'm going to do this one next. Um so 12-team, 12 cat, uh, 12 9-category league, four keepers, and I'm assuming that these are the rounds that this person would be keeping these players at, uh, maybe based on last year's draft. I'm not sure. First round, Carl anthony Towns. Second round, DeJounte Murray. Third round, Anthony Davis. Fourth round, Jalen Brown. Fifth round, Drew Holiday. Sixth round, Drayton. I think that means... DeAndre Ayton, is that how you would read that one? <laughs> I think it is. Um, it could be could be a lot of people. Yeah, I, I did consider it could be Draymond, but I, I, I'm going with DeAndre Ayton. Round it, could be a, it could be a hybrid of DeAndre Ayton and <laughs> Draymond Green. It could like be. If you it combine them into players. one player, at, yeah. can you imagine that if Draymond and DeAndre Ayton were the one player? Woo. They'd be they'd be better than a sixth round player. Bump him up to the bump him up to the top, son. Uh, round yeah, seven, sorry. Ben Simmons. Round eight, Buddy Heald. Round eleven, Derek White. Uh, and so they they want us to pick four players to keep based on those rounds. Uh, for me, I'm probably I'm definitely going Anthony Davis in the third round. I'm keeping him as a third round player, probably. Definitely Derek White, 11th round, because he's probably going to be a 7th round this season. Uh, and then it's probably it's probably Jalen Brown and Drew Holiday are the other two. Uh, DeJounte Murray in the second round feels a bit high. Carl Anthony Towns as a first rounder definitely feels too high. Ben Simmons, as much as I like Ben Simmons this season, seventh round uh, is a bit high, and and eighth round for Buddy Heald is look that that's maybe okay, but I'm not sure what his role is going to look like this season. Uh, yeah, that's probably for me. They're the four that I would go with. Have you got differing thoughts on that? Well, I want to hear more about your love of Ben Simmons this season. <laughs> Can we talk about that for a second? Uh, yeah, we can. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, it could be the Aussie thing, um, might be part of it. Uh, he's, I just feel like the pressure is off him now. I think he's had so much on his shoulders the last two, three years since the whole thing at Philly and then coming across to, to Brooklyn and, it's just been a really negative space for him. Um, it sounds like he's refocused. He, he's he's just back to wanting to play basketball. He looks healthy, but, I mean, we see videos every year. I'm not worried about the fact that he's shooting threes in practice. That I'm not paying any attention to that. But just the fact that he's had a full off-season uh, and then a pre-season to get ready, it sounds like he's going to start. Uh, in Brooklyn, at least that's the impression he's giving. Um, and and we know what he can do. Like he can be a 13 points, seven rebounds, seven assists, one and a half steals, uh, 60% from the from the field. I don't care about his free throws. We know what they are. So I think just for me and where you can get him in drafts at the moment, he's going in round 11, round 12. For a guy that has top 60, top 50 upside, I'm certainly okay to grab him uh, at the back end of a draft. Whew. Well, he's only got to beat out Dorian Finney-Smith to start, right? So yeah, he's got that going for him. But <laughs> as George W. Bush once said, fool me once. <laughs> and then he said, fool me twice. And he said, shame on you. Uh, 
but he had no idea how the saying went, and I don't either. So I'm I'm just gonna go with fool me once, fool me twice with Ben Simmons. I'm out. Like if he's yeah. there at the very end of my draft, I'll take a flyer on Ben Simmons, but I am no longer putting any eggs in that basket. Like if somebody gives him to me at the end of the draft, I'll take him. But I'm not expecting I have zero expectations for Ben Simmons. As far as the question goes, um, I think Cat in round one, it's not bad, but I think you can get him in round two if you throw him back. So I'm not doing that. DeJounte Murray round two, I feel like you throw him back, you maybe can get him at the beginning of round three. AD, I don't trust him any more than I trust Ben Simmons. But you can get him in the third round. You can keep him in the third round. I think I'm good with that. Uh, so I'm going AD. I'm going Giroux because Giroux is Mr. Consistency, super solid. The the Draymond Green, DeAndre Ayton combo <laughs> player, like I, w- I want him in round one, but I don't think that's what he's really asking. Uh, I like Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald has been an underrated, under-the-radar, three-point shooting stud who really doesn't hurt you anywhere for years. I think he's going to do it again this year. I love Derek White in Boston without um, Marcus Smart. So I'm going – I'm keeping Derek White. I'm keeping Buddy Heald. I'm keeping Drew, and I'm keeping Anthony Davis. Okay. Very good. Uh, we'll just do one more, and this one was a bit of a – I mean, we don't know what we're going to say on this one. So you have a top six pick, <laughs> you are golden. So we know we know who the top six are at the moment based on uh, consensus, uh, ADP, everything. It's uh, Jokic, Embiid, Halliburton, Shea. Um, who am I missing? Um, Tatum and Luca. So they're, they're the – the consensus sort of top six, I think. Beyond that, uh, if you have seventh through twelfth pick in a twelve-team league, so picking in the back half of the first round, who who are you taking? So have we got have we got a consensus seven through twelve, or have we got options? Um, I think there's probably a consensus seven and eight as well. Uh, I think Giannis and Steph Curry are going in those spots in most leagues. Then beyond that, I, I think I think there's some flexibility. Then uh, would you agree with with Curry and and Giannis at seven and eight? I do. I, I'm not. I'm probably not drafting Giannis that high. I don't trust. No, I'm not. His, a, I don't trust his knee, and I don't like his free throws. Yeah, I'm not a Giannis guy either. Uh, I don't. I don't really target him anywhere. Um, I think that's a fine. Like you're fine to ta- to take him there if you want to, but. I'd take someone else personally. Um, so, so if we move past Steph, who's going there at seven or eight, and and, and Giannis, I I four, disagree four with this picks. guy's. I disagree with this guy's question because I think if you get Steph Curry at seven, you're fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. You are. Yeah, I think so. Um, so in the back end, have you got preferred targets like players? If if you had pick. Ten, for example, have you got a player that you would like to fall well, to you? Let's or say I had, let's say I have pick eight. Are mm-hmm. you comfortable taking Damian Lillard at eight? Because whether he plays for Miami or Portland or anybody else, he's still going to be Damian Lillard. He's it's still going to be Dame time. Yeah, look, I think I am. Um, I, I think he's going to be. He, I mean, he's top six, top eight every year. Um, it doesn't really matter to me where he is. I think he's going to have a similar role. So I'm okay taking taking him there. I don't know if I would take him. Um, I think there's someone I'd probably take above him. But Would it be but Jason be, um, Tatum? Uh, well, no, I think Tatum's going at sort of four or five. So Tatum's going okay. inside that top six um, okay. and then Curry. So for well, me, have, I'd... Have... Go ahead. Oh, I would. So I would probably, if I was at pick... Eight. I wouldn't take Giannis, as I said. Uh, I would probably take Lamelo at pick eight. Oh, nice. 
Um, yeah, I, I just really like what he does. I think he's I think he's a great fantasy player. I love I love Lamelo. Lamelo is one of my favorites. So I think I'm right there with you. And right after him, I love Jaron Jackson Jr. And if somebody wants to let me get Jaron Jackson Jr. between nine and twelve, I'm I'm all in. I think he I think he's usually available there. He, he's looking at his ADP. It's around fifteen. Um, so he, he's probably available. I think some other guys that you can consider there, Kevin Durant, uh, obviously Anthony Davis, are two names that that are going inside that top 12 in a lot of spaces. Lillard, as we, we touched on him. And then you've got those guys that sit around that just outside on the turn or just outside the top 12. Um, Kyrie Irving uh, is in, in, in there. What are your thoughts on him this season, Kyrie? You done with him as well? No, he plays for my Mavericks, man. Like he does. I've got. I usually have a bunch of Mavericks crap hanging behind me, but I don't right now. Um, and you know what Kyrie Irving did last year? He won people fantasy leagues at the end of the season when he went nuts, just like he did the yeah. year before. After frustrating people all the way through the entire season. He seems to come through when it matters. And and I think that's something you need to keep in mind with Kyrie Irving. Like, that guy can turn it on at the end of the season and help you win a fantasy league. Um, so I don't – I'm not going to draft him that early in the first round, but I, I won't – I wouldn't mind having him on my team. Um, mm. Donovan Mitchell, I think, is a guy that has to be considered – in that top 12 yep. just because of how badass he was last year um so yeah but i i just want to come out of the first round with i, I want to draft late and get jaron jackson jr and then pair him with another stud after that but um i'm i'm happy with donovan mitchell i'm happy with um, I, I'm not going to draft Jimmy Butler in the first round. I'm just not going to do it. No. And I think Jimmy Butler is a guy who has first round value every year. But I just 64 games. I can't can't really get behind it. Yeah, I'm not for, per game. He, he'll be right up there again. But I'm much like Kawhi. I think Kawhi will be first round per game potentially, but. Is he going to play 40 games? Is he going to play 60? No idea. Uh, Devin Booker is probably another guy you could consider, very similar to, to Donovan Mitchell, uh, Anthony Edwards as well, as we, we talked about him earlier. Um, going sort of borderline first round, which a little bit high for me. But So there are a few names there that you can consider. For me, Lamelo is, is someone, like if he fell to me at 11 or something, I'd be thrilled. Um but so there, there are numbers. But as you said, I mean, top six to well, and you said top seven. If you can get Steph at seven, um, you're pretty set. And then it's beyond that. There, there's there are some options um, to consider. Well, and Anthony Edwards, we didn't mention him. I mean, he's he's going to be going around twelve to fifteen, I think, yep. in drafts. Uh, yeah, he he's right there. Um, maybe De'Aaron Fox, maybe Trey Young bounces back this year. Yep, right. I think I think Fred Van Fleet's an interesting one. You don't need to take him that high. I think you can get him sort of back into the second round. But I, I don't know. I could see a world where he he is close to a first rounder this season, top fifteen in in Houston, because he'll basically just be running the show and, and doing whatever he wants. Um, the hope is that he's not pushed to 38 minutes a night like he was in Toronto. They let him play 32, 33, which, which means he plays majority of the game. So so we'll see. I don't mind him as well. Um, so that will do it, I think. Uh, that's all the questions. Uh, thanks for jumping on again. Um, we need to come up with a code word. I'm going to let – let's – Let's let's let uh, you come up with a code word for some entries into the World Cup. Um, 
what's a topical word that sums up your your weekend maybe achilles achilles all right <laughs> we can do that code word is achilles uh pop that in the comments uh subscribe to our channel um and i have a feeling that i mean this will be released a little bit later today uh, i think bw is going to be running some duck race lottery kind of things for all the <laughs> entries that we have so far to hand out uh, some entries into the World Cup um, and we'll have some other spots up for grabs in the next week. Uh, I think we want to try and have them filled in the next one to two weeks. So um, getting closer to draft season, as we said at the top of the show. So um, hit us up, message myself or Doc on Twitter, uh, in Discord, if you've got any questions about drafts that are coming up. Uh, any final thoughts, Doc, or, or we're good to head out? Um, I am just ready to get back to work and jam on this season. And it like the victor, the season of Wembenyama. Like, yeah, I have a question for you. Like, before we go, uh, mm-hmm. I have to write a column about boom or bust fantasy picks. Okay. Would you say that women Yama is going to be a boomer bus pick? Uh gee, it depends on where you're drafting him, really. Um what's his ADP settled at? Because I know early, early, early he was going top 20. Um he seems to have settled back in at around pick 30, which I think is about right per game. I think he'll be I think he'll be mid-third round per game. The issue is how many games does he play? Uh, I think he's more likely to be a bust than a boom at that. I'm going at that in that range. He, I'm he going could, boom. okay, yeah. Look, he could be a boom. Um, I just think he's probably going to be overdrafted a little bit. Uh, I'd prefer Chet if, if I was drafting because I think he can get Chet Holmgren. Uh, a little bit later, sort of around round and a half later. Uh, I'd prefer Chet, but uh, well, the yeah, good I'll, news I'll, is in the last draft that I did with you, I think you were there. I got Chet probably. and Wemby. I got Chet and Wemby. Yes, so I do remember that. Yes, you did. I'm all boomer bust in that <laughs> draft, I guess. All right, so that will do it uh, then for today's show. Uh, remember, you can check out all of our content over at fbibasketball.com, um, including the Discord server. Follow this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Give us a thumbs up, subscribe, drop the word Achilles into our comments, and we <laughs> will uh, add you to the the uh, entries or the, the lottery thing that we're doing uh, in the next couple of days. And until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.